0: What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Welcome to the 109th episode of the Mitch Davis Show. It is Wednesday, February 26th. It's three weeks away from Selection Sunday. Conference tournaments start on Tuesday. It is the most wonderful time of the year and we are your one-stop shop for all things college basketball until April. Man, I'm so excited. It's the greatest time of the year. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore 8. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. Shoot me an email at TheMitchDavisShow at AOL.com. And also, you can find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. And also, a special, special shout-out to our sponsors at S.Y. Wilson, the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square, for their their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. Yesterday, we had Mike Morgan on from ESPN and SEC Network. We've got other guests lined up for the rest of the college basketball season, Uh, maybe even possibly talk to a Player of the Year candidate uh, from the University of Iowa, actually emailing their guys right now. So, first and foremost, we're going to jump right into talking a little bracketology. Joe Linardi released his latest bracket today. He moved Kentucky down from a 3 seed to a 4 seed, despite seven straight wins. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about my bracket. We'll talk about the No Huddle College basketball staff's 1-16 through 16 rankings. We'll break down some of the most interesting matchups of the weekend. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You want to follow me on Twitter, mitchdavisunderscore underscore eight, as we get ready for this crazy March to March Madness, baby. It is going to be insane. This is going to be the year where, you know what, first game of the tournament, you're going to have to throw out your bracket and just completely flick it out of there because it is going to be absolutely insane. Before we get into talking about bracketology and how to pick the NCAA tournament, I will take you through my process and the selection committee's process, we're going to talk about the craziness that has been this year in college basketball. I haven't done a show by myself in a very quite some time, so I'm going to enjoy this show today. I hope you guys enjoy this as well, because you know what? As crazy as this college basketball season has been, college basketball is in its best place than it's ever been in college basketball as a whole is going in the positive direction. We had the FBI scandal two years ago uh, that left that left kind of a black eye on college basketball. I remember being at the NCAA tournament there in Nashville, covering the first and second rounds with Xavier and Cincinnati and Texas. I remember getting the words that, hey, Arizona, DeAndre Ayton, hey, LSU, hey, Auburn, hey, this, hey, that, and I remember... You know, talking to people of the national media, uh, like Jerry Palm was there as well, and I overheard him talking to a couple people. And they were even saying, hey, this could be what kills college basketball. This is what could be what is the black eye on college basketball because of the NCAA, and, you know, we're not going to get into all of that. But it really didn't. College basketball kind of rebranded itself, and they said, hey, you know what, we're going to come out here and put a positive uh, impact out there. And I'm very, very proud of how far college basketball has come within the last two years. Now, do we have stuff that we need to work on? Absolutely. Absolutely we have stuff to work on. I mean, when you, when you look at college athletics as a whole, you know, maybe it is the, you know, pay for the likeness thing where if a kid, the school sells their jersey number or whatever. The kid can make some kind of, you know, 5%, 10%, 1%, whatever it might be. Uh, percentage off of that likeness, or a ticket, or a billboard, or whatever it might be, you know, maybe we need to go down that route, because you know what, as a PlayStation player, I love playing PlayStation, uh, especially when I have a little free time in the off-season, right now I don't have any off-season, I mean, right now I don't have any free time, but in my free time, I like to play PlayStation, but nothing would make me happier, much like a, a lot of people across the country, is to have NCAA football back, or NCAA college basketball back, or NCAA College baseball back. All these things are so instrumental in getting this pay-for-their-likeness thing passed with the the NCAA. Other things to watch out for uh, as we get more into the NCAA tournament, some of the talking points to watch out for are this transfer rule where the NCAA said, hey, you're granted one free transfer to transfer anywhere you want to go in the country, and you will be granted immediate playing eligibility. Now, that's big. That is so massive for college basketball. Does it hurt some of the smaller programs, maybe like Memphis from Memphis or Houston or some of the American or OVC or any of those programs? It could hurt those guys where they say, hey, you know what? A Kentucky, a Kansas, a Blue Blood comes in there and they say, a yeah, really good player. Maybe like a Lester Keonis or like a, uh, you know, maybe like a John ja Morant two years ago at Murray State. They see these guys and say, hey, come to UK, come to Kansas, come to Duke. It could hurt that level, but it also could help that level as well. Because you say, let's say you have a team go on probation. uh, We'll just throw, you know, maybe LSU goes on probation. Now their players are without, you know, having the possibility to play in the NCAA tournament. Well, fit like Memphis or Houston or Murray State or somewhere along those lines would be a perfect fit for those kids to come in and play right away. And so I think the granted immediate eligibility is such a great thing. the NCAA and college basketball as a whole as well. Now, talking to this season, this season has been exciting. This season has been confusing. I mean, just last night you had Duke go to Wake Forest after defeating them by 25 plus at Cameron Indoor. Go to Wake Forest and lose by 12 points. You have a Kentucky team that lost to Evansville, lost to Evansville, and now they're on a seven game winning streak. You had a player in Emmanuel Quigley at University of Kentucky who was in his shell at the start of the season and now is the frontrunner for player of the year within the Southeastern Conference. You have a team like San Diego State who nobody thought, hey, this team's going to be great. Or a team like Dayton. Or a team, you know, maybe like Gonzaga where, hey, we expect you to kind of be in the Sweet Sixteen, be in the lead eight, but Gonzaga's a national championship contender. You have a team like BYU. You have teams like Iowa, Illinois. Then you also go over into the SEC. You have a team with Florida who had so much promise coming into the season and has really just kind of fizzled out. The University of Florida really has not had a good basketball team this year. There's been a lot of underlining issues and I talked to uh, Mike Morgan yesterday from ESPN and the SEC Network. Be sure you go check out that interview as well. Uh, he talked about Florida's struggles. He talked about... You know, maybe some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And also another team in the SEC that I've been very disappointed in this season has been the Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss has failed to put a good product on the court. I mean, you look at Ole Miss and, you know, I'm down there covering a couple of their games. I've been around them. I've got a lot of friends down there. I've talked to people and they've said, you know, and Mike Morgan alluded to this as well on the podcast yesterday. He said, when you have guys like Bree and Tyree, Bree and Tyree has not made those clutch winning plays for Ole Miss like they have wanted him to do all season long. They, he just hasn't, which is nothing against him, but that's just the type of player he's, you know, he is. He doesn't want the ball late game scenarios. And you also make the jump over to the OVC. This will tell you how crazy college basketball is. You make the jump over to the OVC. I was at Murray State and Moorhead State uh, last week in Murray, Kentucky. By the way, great environment. We'll talk about that on this show. Great environment they have there in Murray, Kentucky. You have have the OVC, Austin Peay. You have Belmont, Murray State, and Tennessee State. You have four teams that are legitimate NCAA NIT teams. But unfortunately, only one of those teams, whoever wins the OVC tournament there in Evansville, Indiana, will go to the NCAA tournament. And that'll leave out a great team in Belmont. That'll leave out a great team in Austin P. and that'll leave out a great team in Murray State or Tennessee State or whoever the representative might be. But I tell you what, when we get to the NIT, don't count out Murray. Don't count out Austin P. Don't count out any of those teams. You need to jump over into the SEC, jumping back to the SEC. Don't count out a team like the University of Tennessee. They're going to get an NIT bit. They're not going to have a high C, but Rick Barnes does have a coach. Memphis, another NIT team. When you look at college basketball, and you look at the parity one through sixty-eight, yeah, it's great basketball. But also one through probably about one hundred and twenty is still good basketball. You have good, solid teams in those in those lines. And when you look at college basketball, that's what I mean by college basketball has never been better. College basketball as a whole has never, ever, ever been better. And I know a lot of people listening will might write it. Oh, well, Mitch, you don't know about the 90s. Oh, Mitch, you don't know about the 80s. You don't know about this. You don't know about that. I get it. I understand. You know, we'll have that argument when we have that argument. But in my lifetime, since 1996, college basketball as a whole has never been better. It has never been more exciting. When you think of the NCAA tournament this year, you're thinking, holy crap, this is going to be the tournament of complete mayhem. This is going to be the tournament where basically... All heck breaks loose. I mean, you look at this NCAA tournament, it is going to be wild. It is going to be absolutely just chaotic. It's going to be awesome. And I know a lot of people will be excited for this NCAA tournament. In order to get excited for the NCAA tournament, I know everybody listening has seen or at least looked up Bracketology. I tried my hand in it last uh, over the weekend. I had a field of 68. We'll go through my field of 68, and we'll also talk about Joe He's the real bracket that everybody pays attention to. He dropped Kentucky from a 3-seed to a 4-seed after Kentucky has won seven straight games. I don't understand it, but we'll go through his process and kind of see. But before we get into that, we actually just got confer- confirmation from the University of Iowa about a podcast we're going to be doing tomorrow and next week. Tomorrow, Luke Garza, uh, candidate for player of the year. Great player out of the Big Ten. Great player out of the University of Iowa. will be joining the podcast tomorrow around 2.30ish, according to his... SID, Matthew Witzel. Uh, so we're going to be talking to Luke Garza tomorrow, talking about Big Ten basketball, talking about his case and why he thinks he should be the player of the year, talk about the season from the Hawkeyes' standpoint. And then also, next week, we're going to be talking to Coach McCaffrey from the University of Iowa as well. So University of Iowa fans, Hawkeye Nation, you will be well represented within the next week, to t- well, 24 hours to week uh, with your basketball coach coming on, with your Luke Garza coming on, man! I'm so excited to be talking to these uh, to these gentlemen. I love college basketball. I love the Big Ten. I love the University of Iowa. So it's gonna be a lot of fun talking to Luke Garza, Player of the Year candidate, and also Coach Head Head Coach Coach McCaffrey on his Iowa Hawkeyes and what they need to do to get ready for the NCAA tournament and also make their run in the Big Ten tournament. Um, so we're going to be talking to them. I'm really excited about it. So that's just a simple plug-in. I'm sure I'll talk about it more in this show. So let's talk bracketology. Before we get into Joe Lenardi's. and this is as of Sunday night heading into Monday morning. So a lot has changed uh, since then. And I'll talk about that. Uh, you know, I had Duke as a 1C. Now I've bumped him down probably to a 2C to be replaced by Creighton uh, for that last 1C. So let's talk about my South Regional a little bit. I'll go just one through four seeds, and then, you know, the rest of it um, we will just, you know, you can go over to knowhuddlesports.com and see my bracket there. So my one seed in the South Regional, which is going to be the regional final there, is going to be played in Houston, the Kansas Jayhawks. This was a tough one for me. They, they went into Baylor, got a massive win over the Baylor Bears. I mean, it was a big-time win. It was a type of win that you have to say, okay, hey, you know what, that put them into a one line. No, a lot of people still have Baylor along that two line. But what I did in my bracket, and I know a lot of people are probably going to hit me up and, you know, whatever, but I did this off geography, off the level of competition, and off of, hey, this is what would be the most intriguing matchup. The two seed in that South Regional for me in Houston would be the Baylor Bears. I love that potential Elite eight matchup. Last year we saw Kentucky and Auburn play for their third time. I'd like for this to be the third time that, actually it was the fourth time that Kentucky and Auburn played each other last season. I would love for this to be the third or fourth time that Baylor and Kansas had to play each other for the right to go to the Final Four to give the Big 12 at least one team in the Final Four. Uh, Florida State, I had them as a three seed. Now they've bumped up to a two seed, so we'll talk about that. The fourth seed overall in that South Regional for me was the Auburn Tigers. Uh, You look down, I had Iowa at number six, speaking of the Hawkeyes. I had them at a sixth seed there in the South Regional. They were actually, in my bracket, they were actually playing the 11th seed, Northern Iowa, uh, which would have been a heck of a matchup. If you uh, really look at the numbers, you uh, you look at the stats there, that would have been a very, very fun matchup and very similar styles of basketball between the Hawkeyes and the Northern Iowa team. Midwest bracket, Indianapolis is the regional final. Dayton as the one seed. I love this Dayton Flyers team. Tobin, in my eyes right now, between him and him, Luke Garza, Manuel Quigley, Nick Ridge, I think it's a four-man race right now for player of the year. I love Tobin. His averages this year has been outside the roof. This is a Dayton team that can absolutely fly. I know they're the Dayton Flyers, and I'm not trying to, no pun intended, but the Dayton Flyers can fly out, fly out of this gym. I mean, they they play a very fast tempo game. I love what Anthony Grant's doing right now. Uh, they're averaging well into the 80 points per game margin. I would love Dayton for a one seed there in the Midwest bracket to go on to Indianapolis. The two seed out of this bracket for me, the University of Louisville. It was a toss up for me right now between Louisville and Kentucky. I know Louisville just got throttled uh, on Monday night to Florida State. So that's probably going to bump them down a seed line. And Kentucky beats Auburn on Saturday. I think that they bumped that up to a two line. So I think it's one of those, you know, where, hey, coming into Sunday, this is where I had them. But now that it's Wednesday, I'm looking at going, okay, hey, this is not where I have them now. So Louisville bumps down to the three seed. Kentucky bumps up to the two seed. Oregon, my four seed. Other teams have just looking at them. I had West Virginia in there, but West Virginia just got beat by a very, very bad Texas team, a Texas team that is like literally barely making it by to have like a thousand fans at their game type teams. so West Virginia lost to Texas, they're going to bump down a couple seed lines, they were a six seed in my bracket, Cincinnati a 10 seed, uh, Providence and Indiana is my twelve play-in game in that one, and also a team to watch out for right now, and this is a team that is friends of the show uh, their head coach has come on the show. I talked to them on a recent on a pretty regular basis after, especially after every big win. South Alabama Jaguars, six straight wins in the Sun Belt, now position themselves tied for third. Uh, they're there behind Little Rock, who has been very consistent all year. They had a very slow start to conference play. When you look at South Alabama, they had a very slow start to conference play. They had some bad losses. They had some uh, not so much stellar games. But they came out with vengeance, and I, that's why I have them as a 15 seed in the South Region, because something tells me not to bet against Coach Riley and his Jaguars to make it to the NCAA Tournament, win the Sun Belt. Uh, they're going to be playing at home the first game, and then they have to go to New Orleans for the Sun Belt Tournament. The East Bracket, out of New York, and again, this is my bracket. You can check it out, sports.com It's over there. It was dropped on Monday morning, so be sure you go check that out. East bracket, New York City is the regional there at Madison Square Garden. Duke was my one seed. That's going to actually be replaced with Creighton. Uh, Duke absolutely got dismantled in overtime against Wake Forest on Tuesday night. I like Creighton to make that jump up to a one seed. Uh, I've got Duke bumping down to a three seed now with Seton Hall replacing them as the two seed. I could see Seton Hall playing their way into a one seed. And playing basically all home games. You know, they they're from they're out of New Jersey. They would play a home game in Albany, New York for the first round, and then they would have New York City for a regional final. So I do have Seton Hall bumping up to a two seed, Creighton bumping up to a one seed, my fourth seed overall in that bracket. It's it was very hard for me because I I I hate to put conference opponents against each other. Uh, that's something that I hate doing, but Villanova, just because of geography, uh, Villanova is very prominent. They're from Pennsylvania, uh, from Philadelphia. Actually, it's very close to New York city. I like it. They wouldn't have to play Seton Hall in the first round. I think it would be a second round. No, it would be, actually be a lead eight game. So, uh, when you look at that, that's my East region top four seeds. Other teams of interest in that bracket, Richmond and North Texas, Rhode Island is a 13 seed. I like Butler right now where they are as an eight seed. Texas Tech is my nine seed in that bracket. And the Rutgers Scarlet Knights as my 10 seed. Rutgers finally makes the NCAA tournament this year, which we're going to talk about more later on later podcasts. The West Regional, the final regional of the NCAA tournament for me in the field of 68. One seed Gonzaga, two seed San Diego State, three seed Maryland, and four seed Arizona. Uh, Other teams of interest in this, UC Irvine. UC Irvine is no slouch. I mean, they are a very good basketball team. I'd like UC Irvine as a 15 seed to make some noise, especially if they have to play the two seed in San Diego State. Uh, Ohio State is my five seed out there. Wisconsin is my seven. Uh, I really like Liberty as a 10 seed out there. Uh, USC is a 12 seed. Oklahoma is a 13 out there. Wright State, and then Montana rounds it out as the 16 seed in the West Regional. So jumping over to Joe Lunardi's bracket, this is where everybody starts paying attention a little bit and start, you know, worrying about their teams. Going, okay, hey, where's my team going to be? Where, you know, what is my team going to do? Joe Lunardi has accurately predicted the brackets for, uh, for years. I mean, I for as long as I have been around college basketball, Joe Lunardi has been the guy to predict the brackets uh, pretty much correctly. So we're gonna check a take a look at his brackets. Thing that really jumps out to me on his so far is he had Kentucky listed as a 3 seed. He said okay, Kentucky's a 3 seed. Then he dropped them down a seed line after winning despite winning 7 straight games and they're now 4 seed in Joe Lunardi's bracket. So we're going to talk start talking about the Midwest bracket for Joe Lunardi. His one seed is Kansas, his 8-9 matchup, Illinois and Rhode Island. Kansas makes sense to go to Indianapolis, but it also makes sense to be in the South bracket. So I could see Kansas flipping over to the South bracket. He's got Auburn as the four seed play in the 13 seed, thir- Stephen F. Austin. He's also got BYU and Wichita State in that bracket. He's got Louisville as the three seed. And he's got Butler in Indiana, which is a heck of a matchup right there. Bet your bottom dollar that Butler wants to beat the big dogs in the state of Indiana. Uh, that'd be a battle there in Cleveland, Ohio. And Dayton rounds it out as a two-seed, playing a very dangerous South Dakota State team. Heading over to the east bracket, this is where his and I bracket, you know, his and my bracket kind of start to differ a little bit. He's got San Diego State as a one-seed still. St. Mary's playing Florida as the eight-nine matchup. And then you start looking ahead. You know, he's got Ohio State as a six-seed, Penn State as a fourth seed. Uh, Marquette, Cincinnati, and Greensboro is a 7 10 matchup, and Duke and Wright said it's a 2 15. So, heading over to the South Regional for Joe Lenardi as of today, Baylor is your one seed. Kentucky is your four seed, playing Vermont would have to play in the second round the winner of Michigan State, NC State, Oklahoma play in game. I don't understand how he has Kentucky as a four seed. I know a lot of people have posted about it, was texting me. I don't understand this. I think, you know. Maybe he's kind of factoring in the loss to Evansville a little too much that happened in very, very early December. Uh, I really don't understand this, but Kentucky, the 4th seed play in Vermont, they're in Cleveland. Uh, Arizona, your 6th seed. East Tennessee State, they're an eleven seed, but they're a very, very, very dangerous team. This is a team that went down into LSU and like won big time. I think they won by like 15, 10 to 15 points there in Baton Rouge. Uh, Two-seed in that bracket, the Maryland Turpins playing Little Rock. Heading over into his west bracket, he's got Gonzaga as the one-seed 8-9 matchup, LSU and Rutgers. Uh, 5-12 matchup, Michigan and Yale. Oregon and North Texas, the 4-13 out there. His two-seed is the Florida State Seminoles going up against Montana there in Tampa. His 7-10 matchup. He's got is Houston and Xavier. So very interesting. Uh, actually, Houston, Xavier in Florida State actually played two years ago there at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. So that's bracketology. It's very hard. And here's how the selection committee does it. They look at your net ranking. Look at Ken Palm. They look at strength of schedule. Who you've beaten. When you've lost. Who you've lost to. There's about like 20 different factors that go in. Geography is one of those as well. To selection to select in the field of 68. We'll actually have a full, I think we're actually working on a bracketologist, another bracketologist to come on, talk about how they rank the field of 68, uh, talk to them, and really get pick their brain on how they do it. We're going to close the show on one more segment where I'm going to get my final four picks as of right now, and then we'll wrap it up tomorrow. Luke Garza will be joining the show, Iowa Hawkeyes, baby. I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. The final segment will be brought to you by S.Y. Wilson the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. The final segment of today's show is brought to you by our title sponsors at S.Y. Wilson. You can find them in Arlington, Tennessee on the historic Arlington Depot Square. Be sure you go check them out. They've got everything you could ever think of, from collegiate apparel to PFG, to Yeti, to literally everything in between. S.Y. Wilson has you covered. Go check them out. Tell them that Mitch Davis sent you, and they will hook you up. They've got Memphis. They've got Tennessee. They've got every SEC school. They've got everything for everybody. Bait and tackle for those that were about to go cast a line out there in the river. They've got everything you could ever think of there at S.Y. Wilson in Arlington, Tennessee on the Historic Arlington, Tennessee, Depot Square. Final Four. Everybody has been texting me. Oh, also, we're also going to talk about Murray State Trip. I meant to mention that. We're going to talk about my Murray State Trip, and then we will wrap it up. First, let's get to the Final Four. My Final Four pick, as of right now, this has been a crazy year, guys. This has been a very, very weird year of college basketball. One that I haven't been able to make sense of. But I'm going to throw a Final Four out there and just hope it kind of sticks a little bit Uh, I'm gonna go Kansas I like the Jayhawks this year I like what they're doing it's hard to pick against Kansas it's hard to pick against Bill Self I know he does have some tournament history of losing to underrated teams but this just seems like a different Kansas team other teams I like Dayton so we'll go actually I'm gonna scratch Kansas we'll go Dayton as one of my final four teams I really, really like this Dayton team. Dayton is a team that has been high-flying ever since day one. Went out to Mallet, had a very impressive shell wing out there. Next up, I really like a very surprised pick here to make the Final Four, Marquette. This is about time where Marquette makes their run. Marquette has not been in the Final Four in a long time. This is long overdue for Marquette to make the Final Four. Actually, I'm going to say this. I think it's going to be one of the two between either Marquette or Seton Hall. I like what the Big East is doing this year. So I'm going to go a Big East team, but you're going to have to plug it in yourself. It's either going to be Marquette or Seton Hall. My next Final Four team, I like a team out of the SEC. I like Kentucky. This is a very, very weird Kentucky team. This is the Kentucky team that could... Losing the first round of the NCAA tournament, but this is also a Kentucky team that could go all the way to the Final Four. Kentucky goes as Nick Richards and Emmanuel Quigley go. Quigley has averaged, I think, 30 points within the last three to four games. Nick Richards, you know, everybody knows about Nick Richards and the, the the what he's been able to bring to the table. Kentucky is my third Final Four team. My fourth Final Four team, I'm going to take the cop out here, and I'm going to go somebody other than in the Power Five. I like somebody else. I like the field this year. This is a very weird year of college basketball. So my final four, Dayton. I'm going to take a Big East team in either Marquette or Seton Hall. I like Kentucky. And I like somebody outside of that, the group of five, to make it to the final four like a Loyola Chicago did a couple of years back. You had Wichita State do it several years back. You've had a lot of good teams that do it. Maybe it is San Diego State. I just haven't seen that fourth team yet that has said, hey, this is the Final Four team. We're going to wrap it up by talking about my trip to Murray State. I went up to Murray, Kentucky last weekend to see Murray State and Moorhead State play. Tell you what, if you've never been to Murray, Kentucky, and go to the CFS, but you need to go. If you love college basketball, this place is top of the line. It's state of the art. The fans are always into it. 8,000 people strong. I mean, they had like 8,000 people cheering and standing and going for it. The entire game is absolutely one of the best basketball environments I've ever personally been in. I started my day in Hazel, Kentucky, drove up from Memphis, went to Hazel, Kentucky, went to a place called the Mantique Store. It's like an antique store. Uh, it's got mostly men, you know, manly things, but it's also got uh, stuff for women as well. Uh, very interesting place. I went in there and found some cool signage, found some very old baseball cards. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like very old baseball cards. Sports Illustrated, you know, Kentucky, Wildcat Coke bottles from 48 National Championship. There was just so much neat stuff to see. It's like, and you walk in, you're thinking, okay, it's small, there's not much. No, you keep walking back and walking back and walking back, and there's like more and more stuff. They've got sports memorabilia. They've got uh, tractors. They've got all these like neat old things that you look at and go, hey, I never even thought that was possible. But yeah, they've got it there at Mantiques. I would highly recommend it. And you know what? Carve out about an hour and a half to two hours to spend in there because the prices are cheap. It's a lot of fun to walk around. It's a lot of fun to see some of the older stuff in there and look at some of the older sports. I, mean, I spent literally probably 30 minutes flipping through old Sports Illustrators and flipping through old baseball and basketball and uh, hockey and all these other great sports uh, cards. It was so awesome. I was you know, literally flipping through. It was, it was a lot of fun. So be sure you check that out if you go to Murray. Next up, Eat at the Blue White Grill. Called it the Cafe, but it's the Blue White Grill there in Hazel, Kentucky. It's right across the street from Mantiques. Uh, it is a meat and three vegetables place. I got fried pork tenderloin, macaroni, cheese, mashed potatoes, and corn. I know it's starchy, but it's good. Everybody recommended, hey, get those three sides with this. So I got it 7 dollars for a meat and three vegetables, and you can get, uh, you can also get a piece of pie for like $1.50, and then you get a drink for like $1.50 or something like that. So, like, total, my whole bill is like $11. So i tell you what, it was worth it. It was awesome. And then you go over to Murray. It's about a five minute drive from Hazel to Murray. That was the best, one of the best basketball environments I've ever been to. I'd highly recommend. And I've heard back from a lot of people say, oh, Mitch, you didn't go to a big game. Hey, Mitch, you didn't go to an awesome P game. You didn't go to a conference, you know, regular season championship game. Like those games are 10 times better once you if those are 10 times better. I would love to see it, and I highly recommend it for anybody who loves the sport of college basketball. Go, have fun, get involved with it, and you know maybe even cheer on Murray State. I went as a media, so I couldn't cheer, but it was so fun and so awesome to be around just college basketball like that at such a very interesting level because it was a mid-major level, so it was a lot of fun. We're going to wrap up today's show. Today's show was brought to you by S.R. Wilson. Check him out, Arlington, Tennessee, on the historic Arlington Depot Square I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore 8. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. Shoot me an email at Show at AOL.com. Find my work, NoHuddleSports.com or tigersportsreport.com. And also, the podcast is wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with Luke Garza from the University of Iowa.